Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. Father God, I, I thank you ahead of time for the anointing of receiving. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, can you give your praise team a a hand clap of praise? They took us into the throne room this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This mic is loud. I like it loud, but you can hear my breathing too. (laughs) If I could just talk and turn and breathe, but it ain't going to work that way. Hallelujah. Today, it's already been said, I thought Joshua was going to preach my stuff. So I'm just really going to get up here and ditto some stuff he said. But today, we celebrate Pentecost. Amen? Because it was on this day that Jesus decided to send the Holy Ghost. You know, it was a promise. Pentecost is not a denomination, although there are some denominations that chose to name themselves Pentecostal. But if you go by the word of God and you want to call yourself Pentecostal, you're Pentecostal because you're spirit-filled. You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen? Because of this day. Because of this day. Whether we choose and whether we look like it, whether we act like it, whether people walk in here and call us by any other name, we're spirit-filled believers and we celebrate Pentecost. Do you know that I found out just running and looking through that everybody celebrates Pentecost? The Catholics celebrate Pentecost. The Presbyterians celebrate Pentecost. They all celebrate Pentecost in some form or fashion. Why? Because it's in the Word of God. And it was a celebration. And it was a feast. So we all celebrate it. But to the Spirit-filled believer, and might I even add, to the church of the living God, we celebrate it because it was the birthday of the church. And it was the day that he chose to pour out his Spirit. The title of my message today is Pentecost, the promise, the experience, and the power. Amen? There's all three. And all three of these were given to the church. Amen? Joshua talked about it. Josh, I even have it in my notes. He talked about that today is the birthday of the church. Uh, I have in my notes written that whatever you're born in, whatever environment you are born in, it takes that environment to sustain you. It takes that environment to sustain life in you. Let me explain. A fish is born in water. 
A fish is born in water. It has to stay in water to live. Have any of you as a child, hopefully not as an adult, take other than to eat it, taken a fish out of water and just watched it live? You know, I'm sure some of you boys, when you were little, probably did something like this. Took the fish out of water, but that fish did not live long until you put it back in the environment that it was born in. Amen? We as human beings are born into this world, and we need this air with this oxygen to breathe in and breathe out. We have to live in this environment in order to sustain life in us. Amen? You take me as a human being, drop me into the middle of the ocean, submerge me in the ocean, and tell me to live, and it will not happen. Why? Because that's not the environment that it takes to sustain sustain life in me. Amen? So then we need to take a look at the birthday of the church. Whatever environment the church was birthed into, it takes that environment to sustain life in the church. And we wonder why today that there's so many dead churches sitting on every corner. Why? Because they haven't taken a good look at Pentecost. But first, can I just put in a commercial here? Well, not even a commercial. Commercial, forgive me, Jesus, that was a bad analogy. But before Pentecost, there was a need for Pentecost, yes. And that need was because our Savior... Jesus Christ. God had a plan. Everybody, look at your neighbor. Look at somebody. You don't even have to be your neighbor. You can holler it across the room if you want to. God had a plan. God had a plan and God has always had a plan. From the foundations of the earth, God had a plan for me and for you. Amen? And that plan was to reconcile us back to him because we lost dominion and we lost authority and we came into this world in sin. Amen? And because of that, God had a plan and he sent his son Jesus wrapped in flesh through the womb of a woman lived a sinless life for me and you, gave himself at an old rugged cross as a sacrifice for me. Amen. Amen. And that sacrifice and that shed blood and that cross proved to me that I could be in his resurrection, proved to me that that sin will wash, that blood will wash me white as snow. Amen. It'll wash me clean and it made me a new creation. Amen. That's your word. That's the word of God. So I birthed into this thing completely clean, completely new, but God had a plan. Amen. And that plan included a promise. Amen. And that promise was the fact that Jesus Christ was going to have to leave this earth because of me and because of you. And when he left this earth, he gave me a promise, Kenny. And that promise was that he would never leave me alone and that when he would give me a helper. Amen. And that helper is to come alongside me and help me do the things that I cannot do on my own. Even though I am a new creation, God knew that I would need help. Amen. 
So can we just take a minute? Can you slip up your hands and thank Jesus for the sacrifice that was made, for the blood that was shed, that I could be a new creation in him, that I could live a spotless life, that I could be the redeemed one. We thank you, Jesus. And we do not take lightly the blood that was shed at Calvary, the life that was given for me, and the resurrected Savior that would resurrect me one day. Amen. Can I just say that today is a new day. Today will be a brand new day for some. And for some, it will be a renewing day. Could I just uh, get your attention for one moment? And I would ask that not only the adults in the house would pay attention to this word, but the kids also. Last night I couldn't sleep. And at 3 o'clock this morning I saw a vision of children being baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues and set on fire for him. So I need every child in the house, any age, I need you to pay attention to the Word of God. And I need you to listen intently to the Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. I just want to tell you that last October... God refilled me with the Holy Ghost in a new and awesome way, and he changed my life forever. He rekindled a fire within me, and I sat in an auditorium packed full of people, and I watched a 7-year-old and 11-year-old get on that stage in front of thousands and pray in the Holy Ghost and bind every devil in the house. Seven years old, they had more authority than most of them sitting in the house. So it's for you, and it's for your children, and it's for your children's children. Tell me they can't even, tell me, tell me, tell me they can even be baptized in the Holy Ghost in the womb. It's your word. Hallelujah. You ready, Jason? I thank God for Jason. I like to trip him up this morning when Joshua gave him how many scriptures I had. I got so many scriptures I want to read to you and we're going to run through all these scriptures because God's going to lay it out for you. He's going to lay out the promise. He's going to lay out the experience and he's going to lay out the power by his word and his word alone. I was praying last night and I said, Jesus, I might as well not even say anything. Just let me read the scripture and line them up and lay hands on them and Jesus will baptize you today. Amen. I pray you have pen and paper. I pray that you have the spirit of the Bereans, that you come to the house of God and hear the word of God, but you also take notes from the minister of God and you take it back to your, to your prayer closet and you want to make sure that the preacher and the man of God or the woman of God didn't get outside the lines of God. I'm not saying outside the lines of your preference, but I'm saying out lines, outside the lines of the word of God. I also want you to take it in your time and study it and know what the birth of the church looked like in the environment that they were in. Amen. Let's go. Let's go. The promise. The promise. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, there was a promise. Joel 2, 28 and 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon who? Who? 
flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days I will pour out my spirit. Can anybody say it was a promise? Matthew 3 and 11, I indeed, this is John talking, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Somebody say fire. John 1, says, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, that same man said to me, on on whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Amen. John 7, 38 and 39. Are you with me? John 7, 38 and 39 says, He that believeth on me, as Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Look at your neighbor and say, It's a promise. It's a promise. Luke 24, 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. You got to tarry. You got to wait on it. You got to want it. Acts 1, 4, 5, and 8. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait, wait, wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've already heard this from me. This ain't the first time you've heard this, amen? For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Verse 8, but ye shall receive power, After, everybody say after. You shall receive power after. After. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me in, in both, unto me both in Jerusalem and on all Judea and in Samaria and in, unto the uttermost part of the earth. Everybody say after. He tells me that you'll have power to be witness when? After you receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Acts 2.39. For the what? For the promise is unto you and to your children. Amen. For the promise is unto you. And unto your children, and might I even say unto your grandchildren, thank you, Jesus. And to all, everybody say all. And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall.
call. Amen. God is calling. We heard the call today. We heard the clarion call this morning that God is calling you into a relationship with him, back to restoration with him. And with that calling, there is a promise. Amen. Did you hear what I said? There is a promise. From the foundations of the world, God had a plan. Amen. There is a promise that he would send the Holy Ghost to what? To help us. God had a plan. Amen. It was not never intended to be for a certain denomination. Just because you don't have Pentecostal wrote out on a sign does not mean that that promise is not for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God, my God. Am I going too fast? I feel like I'm going to explode this morning. And it's not because I'm preaching. I don't feel like I'm going to explode because it's me up here preaching. I feel like I'm going to explode because I feel the moving of the Holy Ghost in this place. And I know what he promised me would happen at the altar call. Amen. I hope somebody in the house is willing to tarry today. I hope somebody put the roast on warm. Amen. Amen. I hope somebody's hungry bellies will be overridden by the power and the spirit of God this morning. What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened was, (laughs) what happened was, what happened was, there were some that chose to believe a promise. There were some that chose to obey the, 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 the Christ that had called them, that had been resurrected. My God, did y'all realize that? Did you even notice that? Did I run by it too fast? That when Jesus was talking to them and said, I need you to go to Jerusalem and I need you to tarry there until you be endued with power. He had already been been uh, slain, put in a grave, and resurrected. This is the resurrected Savior telling them to go to the the upper room and tarry until. My God, who wouldn't believe if you saw somebody die, put in a grave, and then come back to life? If they told me to go tarry, I would run as fast as I could because the proof is in the seeing. Amen. My God. So what happened, we have these uh, people in the upper room. Let's just talk about the disciples. Can we talk about the disciples? Because God had a plan. He took a group of misfits. I believe somebody talked about that last week. A group of misfits. Just because they were misfits didn't mean that they didn't love Jesus. Amen? You can love Jesus with everything within you and still mess up. Amen? You can love Jesus with everything within you and wake up every morning and say, I have every intention of pleasing him today and my anger get out of control. I have every intent of pleasing him today and when the battle gets hot and the persecution comes along, I choose to deny him. Amen. This are the misfits that came into this upper room. They come into the upper room denying Jesus. They came into the upper room running as far as they can so they wouldn't be called one of them Jesus followers. They came into the upper room with anger issues. They come into the upper room with doubting in their hearts and their minds. Amen. They came into the upper room as misfits, but they also come 
into the upper room with a promise from the Father. Amen. They come into the upper room with a promise from the Father. And because they come into the upper room and they chose to get in one mind and they chose to be in one accord, which is one passionate spirit for the Father. I'm telling you, these group of misfits didn't have no clue what was going to be happening. Yes, there was expectation in their hearts. Why? Because they had been given a promise. But I'm telling you one thing, that expectation didn't have a clue what was fixing to happen to them. But they were in one mind, in a prayer meeting. Don't you dare get me started on prayer. Don't you dare get me started on prayer. Prayer is the most essential thing in your life. And you'll find out after you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and set on fire for Him, your prayer life will be consumed with passion for Him and a love for Him like you've never known before. Amen. Stay on track, Patty. They come into that upper room. A bunch of misfits. They come into that upper room with one thing and one thing only that said, He said, Tarry until the promise comes. What is the promise? We don't have a clue, but He said, Tarry. Tarry until the promise comes and you receive power. They didn't know what power would look like, they didn't know what was going to happen in the other room, but they had a promise. They had a promise. Can I tell you today, that same promise is for you. That same promise is for your children. That same promise is for your grandbabies. That same promise is for that prodigal that's running wild. That's the same promise. My God. Hallelujah. So here we have a bunch of people, a bunch of misfits trying their best to pray, staying focused in one mind and one accord. And they come in that upper room one day until, amen. Jesus told them, you go and tarry until. Look at your neighbor and say, until. Don't you rush it. Don't you get tired. Don't you let your flesh decide it's not going to happen today. You tarry in your spirit until your life is completely baptized with power. Until that day. What day? The day of Pentecost. The day that God chose and said, yep, it's here. Today's the day. And he moved in. They tarried until that first day, that first Pentecost after the resurrection. Amen. They tarried until the promise came. They tarried until the promise came. Amen. They tarried until they experienced a baptism of of power and fire. They didn't come out of that upper room until there was a change. They didn't come out of that upper room until power. They didn't come out of that upper room until they were immersed in something that gave them power to go out into a lost and dying world and turn it upside down. They were completely changed. Those that went into the upper room running and not even claiming they knew him come out with boldness speaking the word 
kingdom. Because why? Because they tarried and waited and didn't run out trying to witness without the power. Amen. This word here, power, is the word dunamis. You probably all know this. But that word dunamis means strength, might. That word means ability. But I found one word in there that I don't hear much talked about. In that definition, when I ran it, there was a word in there that caught me by surprise. And it was the word force. Power. Do I have the power and the ability to walk up to that door? And if I walk up to that door with nothing but empty words, I'll be talking to that door for the rest of the day because it ain't going to open. It's not going to open until I use my ability and I use some force behind that ability and I open that door and then I can walk out. Amen? This is the power that was given that day. The ability and the strength that comes from another world. It's the power. He said, he said, don't go out. Don't go out until you get the power. Don't go out until you're baptized, completely immersed in power. A strength and an ability to be a witness. I'm not talking about inviting somebody to church. That don't take power. That don't take strength. That don't take supernatural ability. All it takes is you to walk up and use your natural given voice and most of you a natural given talent to just open your mouth and talk. Invite them to church. He talks here about a witness. He mentioned it this morning that they can look at my life and I walk in a power and an ability to change things in my life. Some people go in one side of the upper room with an inability to change my language. Some people go in the upper room without being able to curb an anger that's tearing them down and other people down. Some people go in the other room and can with denial in their minds and in their hearts. Some people go in the other room. Some kids go in the other room. Children, listen to me. You go to your school and you fight the temptation to be swayed by peer pressure. I'm telling you, there's one thing that'll change that. You can walk into your classroom, into your school, and you can turn that school upside down. Why? Because the baptism of power and fire, that'll give you the ability to look temptation, to look to peer pressure in the face and say, no, not today. Why? Not because of me, but because of a Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of me and a fire that gives me a passion to look in your face and say, no, not today. And when we do that, let me tell you, this is how thousands are wanting to the kingdom because of the witness that I have the ability to stand in the face of peer pressure. It's the witness that I have the, the ability to stand in the face of the enemy. Look him in the eye and say, I am a child of the living God. I'm a blood-bought child and I refuse to bow. And the Bible says 
that when they see that in you, they'll jerk on your skirt tail and they'll want to know that God. They'll want to know that Jesus that you're talking about. That's the witness that he's talking about. And there's only one way to get it. A true witness. I'm telling you. I might be preaching against someone's doctrine this morning, but I just laid it all out there by the word of God. Paul came up to him, and he looked him in the eye. Oh, oh, I forgot to tell y'all something. Did y'all, did I read all the scriptures? Wow. I ain't got to the experience yet. I'm sorry, Jason. I'm so sorry. I love you. Experience. Let me run through some. These, these are really good because the part I wanted to tell you all about. Experience. Acts 8, 14. We're going to run. We're going to run. Listen up. Acts 8. No, Acts 2. Sorry. Acts 2 and 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, can I just pause right there and say there's suddenlies in our life? Suddenlies will happen in your life. But can I tell you this suddenly, these suddenlies really don't happen suddenly because you've been tarrying. Suddenlies happen on the other side of tarrying. My God, that's good. Wrong page. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. God, give us a sound again. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it said upon each one of them. And did y'all hear what was happening in this upper room? Did you hear what was going on in this upper room? That's the environment that the church was birthed in. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Everybody look at somebody and say, one year later. One year later, Acts 8, 14 through 17. Now, when the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. They heard the word, they were saved, but hadn't... I just ain't going to go on. It says it here. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Saved, baptized. 8.17 says, Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. One year later, they're still walking around saying, Have you received the Holy Ghost yet? Have you received the Holy Ghost yet? Seven years later. Seven years later. (coughs) Acts 10 44 through 46, while Peter yet spake these words, while Peter was preaching, y'all, while he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on them all which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles, praise the Lord, also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. And how did they know? And why were they astonished? And how did they know they were baptized in the Holy Ghost? 46 tells you, I'm glad you asked. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Seven years later, seven years later, 
No, we're not talking about the birthday of the, the birth of the church anymore. We're not talking about, oh, they just needed that to get the church a jump start. Seven years later. Oh, that's nothing. Acts 19, 24 years later. Tell yourself, 24 years later. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth... Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. That ought to tell you, they're saved. They're reading the Word of God. They're discipling themselves to be Christians. Amen. Well, Paul found them. And he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, This is so cute. They said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. What you talking about, Holy Ghost? 24 years later, Paul's ministering and he's going throughout the country and ministering. And when he comes upon somebody reading the Word of God, wanting to do something for Jesus, first thing he asks them, first thing he does is says, have you received the Holy Ghost? Why would he do that? Because Paul knows that if you're going to be a powerful witness and you're going to live for Jesus Christ and do all you can do and see the lost one, you need the the Holy Ghost. This is not a denominational doctrine. This is not a doctrine that we can choose to have it or leave it. He said earlier, you heard me read, that it's for everyone. It's for everyone that God called. Not because it's cute and not because you can run around and feel good. Not because you can have hickama jigs all over you and shout across this room. You're going to need it when you come down off that shout. You're going to need it to go out in that lost and dying world and win someone to Jesus. Jesus, you will need that power. So that was the experience. Amen. Did y'all hear what all happened in the upper room? My God, can you imagine all these people? 120 in the upper room. They're praying to Jesus and they don't really know what's going to happen, but they know they're going to receive power. And all of a sudden, a rushing mighty wind comes from heaven. Cloven tongues of fire are being able to be seen on top of people's heads. Come on, and you think a little flaky stuff up front's weird. Amen. You got to be able to say, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it's going on. I got to have power. I got to have that power. And whatever happens, happens, let it may. You can I can tell you one thing. Where there is real fire, there will always be wildfire. But I'm not concerned about the wildfire. It'll put itself out. My God. Jesus, I'm like, where's... My notes are all over the place. I have, I have some more, right? That's not all, right? Man in the sound booth. I'm looking for power. Yeah, but I got it. Oh, he, thank you. You're awesome. You're way ahead of me. Now power. I've already talked about power, but let's read some scriptures on it, okay? Luke 24. 
49 says, I just love the Word of God. I love the Word of God because it teaches me. This Word was inspired by men of God. And if God hadn't intended it for me put in the Bible to lead me and you and guide me, he wouldn't have put it in here. But it's in here, so it's intended for us. It's a plan and it's a promise. Amen? Luke 24, 49 says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued, completely submersed in power from on high. Acts 1 and 8 says again, But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and anywhere you go, with this power you will be a witness amen one more Romans 15 13 now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope how through the power of the Holy Ghost some of you can't even hope right anymore some of you have a hope that's like a that's like a slot machine praying to God that you get three oranges today but this tells me right here that I can have a joy and a peace in my mind with a hope that is an anticipated expectation that God's going to do what he said he's going to do and here the scripture tells me it only comes through the power of the Holy Ghost The Bible says, I don't have it written down, but there's a scripture in the Bible that says the kingdom of heaven is, is uh, uh, peace, what has joy, peace, righteousness, peace, the last ones I like, right, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy, how? In the Holy Ghost. You see how necessary this experience is. My God, I'm here to stir somebody up today and tell you that there's a salvation that's greater than anything you've ever experienced in your life. And if you're in this house today and you have not received salvation and your heart's desire is to quit living like you're living and you want to be right with God, there's no better joy and there's no better place. I invite you today to come to these altars and give your life to Jesus. It's the best thing that will ever happen to you. But today is Pentecost and today I would encourage someone here if you've received salvation in your life and you've never taken the next step in the next experience to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, not because you want to be like everybody else, but because we've read scriptures here today, and it's a proven fact that you need that baptism. I wouldn't dare try to go out in this lost and ugly world without the baptism of the Holy Ghost in my life, giving me the power to live a life that I can't live by myself. Come on, stand to your feet all over the house. My God, I feel him. He's brooding in this place. He's brooding in this place.
I would encourage someone. I know there's some here that have never, ever received this baptism. You've never went the next step. Children, listen to me. Children, listen to me. Children, listen to me. You need this experience. If you're going to school right, listen. Listen, children. If you're going to school right now and you're being persuaded by people and things that are talking you out of lifting up Jesus Christ, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's some here today that have never experienced it, Kenny, and today is your day. Come on, can you celebrate? Can I just say that was poor? That was poor. Thank you for listening to this Life Church podcast.